Wednesday Night Wallop presents. Hello, this is Rylan, the computer boy. Thank you for joining. Rylan Turner's Morning Sports Report. So, the computer is crazy! Crazy, I say! Good morning, sports fans. Ryland Turner here for another edition of Ryland's Morning Sports Report. It's the NBA Playoff Update Edition. Uh, with me, as almost always, Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. Um, playoffs are not going the way I thought they were going to go, but I'm excited to talk about it regardless. Absolutely. It's, it's, I, I think that's going to be the sentiment for everybody on the show. Uh, and our other guest, one of our many NBA correspondents, the, the gentleman who you heard last time do our MB, NBA uh, playoff preview with myself, uh, Vince Delgado. Vince, welcome back. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you bringing me back on your show. I'm excited to talk more basketball. And yes, you are right. Uh, these playoffs are not going the way I thought they were going. So I'm eager to talk about that. Well, we're going to jump right into it, guys. Um, so uh, the last time me and Vince talked about this, and we were a little bit into the first round of the playoffs, and I'll, I'll just go over how the first round played out. Uh, when it came to Phoenix and New Orleans, Phoenix took that series 4-2. Uh, Dallas and Utah, uh, Dallas took that series 4-2. to two. Uh, The Golden State took down Denver four games to one. Memphis took down Minnesota four games to two. Over in the East, Brooklyn was... <laughs> blown out by Boston. Chicago was not able to take down the defending champs, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they went down 4-1. to one. Philadelphia and, and, and Toronto, ooh, Kyle, this one was rough. Uh, Philly took that series 4-2. to two. And when it came to Miami and Atlanta, unfortunately Atlanta was not able to make the magic happen again, and Miami took that series 4-1. to one. Let's get into the second round of the playoffs because we haven't touched on that at all. So, Kyle, I'm going to start with you. Uh, tell me about this Phoenix-Dallas series. Oh, um, so I saw a picture that is was a joke that is in terrible taste, but it made me burst out laughing. Um, and it was a picture of a very uh, old-looking man and the caption of it, uh, it was an older man of a particular, uh, the older picture of a particular president, and the caption was, John F. Kennedy, if Devin Booker was the shooter. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, look, that series was well thought back and forth. I give Luka Doncic a ton of credit. Uh, and you know, everything that Dallas did and put together uh, for that team, I I have an apology I have to make uh, to the Dallas Mavericks for sliding them and maybe talking trash 
about a coach I thought was not very good. And credit to Jason Kidd. He seems to have figured something out with this Mavericks team. Um, Chris Paul wasn't quite able to carry the, the team over the line. And in that last game, Luka Doncic had 27 in the first half and Phoenix had 27 in the first half. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Suffice to say, as much as we can talk about uh, the supporting cast of this Dallas Mavericks team, which has been very good. We were talking off air about um, some of their small ball lineups and how impressive they've been. Luka is for real mm-hmm. in a way that I think – I was very high on him coming into his draft year because you don't win the MVP of EuroLeague at, like, 20 years old without being for real, for real. Right. But even for the even for how hyped I was, I don't think I was prepared for how, how impressive a, a player he has been for this team. And, and man, he is he's a force to be reckoned with. And I think it was him and John Morant were the two guys who, in these playoffs, really took that next step up where – we really have to talk about these guys as the future of the league. Definitely. I, I'd uh, agree with you there. Um, Vince, I'm going to phrase the same question to you, but a little bit differently. Uh, can you build a team around Chris Paul? Is it possible? Build a team? Currently, I don't think you can build a team around Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul needs to be a complimentary guy on a championship team. He needs to be the Dwayne Wade to a LeBron James. Right. The, the um, what's another example? The the Clay Thompson or the Draymond Green to a Steph Curry. Uh, I think at this point in his career, he needs to be the number three guy. Like slight, like someone needs to be one A, one B with him. Like if this Phoenix team comes back as constructed, let's use them as an example. Devin Booker, obviously the number one guy. The need to prioritize. DeAndre Aiden, and he needs to be the number two guy. Chris Paul, if he's ever going to win a championship, I don't think he could do it as the main guy. Are you building the team around Chris Paul? He just needs to be adding to what you've already established. Okay, so Dallas, uh, what do you think their strongest uh, moves were in the in this playoff uh, series? Uh like in terms of like uh, roster moves going into it, or like yeah, what matchups, you know, what have you? I, I think honestly, like what like Kyle mentioned that we were talking about uh, off air, like the ability to have multiple guys to create offense for you, because like before the trade deadline or like last playoffs of old, Luka Doncic, the the issue with him was that he was doing it a lot by himself, and he didn't he needed someone to help alleviate him. That was supposed to be Porzingis, but that never materialized. You look at like even something small like a Spencer Dinwiddie, him being able to get his own bucket. There were times in that playoff run, though in, in these entire playoffs in general, they kind of looked like Demar and Zach. They looked like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like taking, like not necessarily like, hey, your turn, my turn type of deal, but they're able to alleviate the pressure from the other. And I think that was the crucial thing that they had this playoff season. That's not even to mention Jalen Brunson, because they already had Jalen Brunson. He was a solid starting guard for them. But the fact that they can basically run a three-point guard lineup and not lose anything in terms of size, because Dinwiddie's about, what, six, 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 seven, maybe, Luca is as well. Then you got other guys that role players like uh, Dory Finney-Smith 
and uh, Reggie Bullock that can come in, shoot threes, and be aggressive on defense. And honestly, in this day and age, you may just only need like a Dwight Powell type of guy, some a guy that only has like maybe a 74 or 75 overall in NBA 2K, but can run the floor, protect the rim, and get some rebounds and just bother the the like the the the, the defensive team. You know that's that's what that's what's really been key with these Mavericks. I still think they're missing something. There, I don't I don't see them as a championship winning team just yet. I feel like they're a piece or two away. But man, you you make a, a a Chris Paul type trade, you make like a Demar Derozan type trade, or I'm drawing a blank on another big name. But you make a trade for another guy, maybe a Donovan Mitchell, who's available. You never know. You you might take this team to the next level. But like they're right there, they're right there. Luca's that good, and like I was saying, him and Ja look like two of the corner pieces of the future for this new NBA. But I also want to throw in Jason Tatum's name in there because mm. Jason Tatum uh, has been showing out these playoffs too. He's I feel like he's taken his game to another level too. Uh, we'll get right into that series next. Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, I think the general idea in this series was that Boston was probably going to play pretty hard, but Milwaukee was going to move forward and get to the conference finals. Uh, not the case at all. Boston took the series in game seven. Uh, Kyle. This series, this was this was something. I have to talk about another coach, um, Ime Adoka, who took over for Brad Stevens this year. Brad Stevens taking the step into the executive. Uh, you know, I I personally thought like Brad Stevens was an excellent coach, uh, but there were for his detractors were basically saying like he had gotten as much out of these players as he possibly could have, and. It looks like they've especially uh, – they didn't start the season particularly strong, but they really turned a corner, and I did not think they were going to take down the Bucks. It was an impressive series for for their guys. Obviously, Brown and Tatum look like absolute stars. Al Horford still tuning in the year of our <laughs> Lord 2022. Um, Turning back the clock. You see, like you see a guy like and even a guy like Marcus Smart, who's thirty six minutes a game um, in this series. Obviously, he missed one of the games because he was because uh, of the suspension. But this is a this is a really good, well rounded, well put together group of guys, and those two guys um, at the top. And like it's crazy, Jason Tatum's still only twenty three. We talk yeah. about him like he's been in this league forever. He has. He has. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's still, he's still a young player, and there's, he's got a lot of basketball ahead of him. And um, I, I'm still having a hard time with the idea of Boston as a potential champion. Um, if I can, I'll, I'll do my, uh, my best um, pitch for Canada. Uh, the idea that that uh, my man Sas Castillo, uh, Nick Stauskas can pick up a ring uh, would be excellent. But, yeah, they're a well-constructed team. They're well-coached. They're well-put-together. It's just um, taking down the Bucks was incredibly impressive. And I think when we get into this, the series previews, the one thing I will say is, Everything that the Boston Celtics do, they run, they're run about to run into a team that might do it a little bit better. So 
it, I feel like they're they're obviously a threat. Like anybody, any one of these teams could win it at this point because you know there's just so much talent left uh, in the playoffs. But we're going to talk about another team that, uh, if I'm saying you know they're well coached, well disciplined, and have multiple points of attack, um, the other team in the East that's left might be just that little bit better. It's hard to say. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Vince, talk to me about this Milwaukee-Boston series. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's the better Bulls fan in me, but I very much enjoyed the Boston Celtics <laughs> taking them down in seven games. No, the series was fantastic. It was probably the best series of the entire playoffs up until this point. The, the battles between Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, like at certain points was bothering Giannis and able to strip him from the ball in the post. Like Giannis is a beast all on onto himself. So it was a great thing. I, it's a shame to see that Chris Middleton wasn't healthy and available for this series because who knows, maybe he turns the tide, but it really did seem like the Boston Celtics just kind of like were at a different level defensively. And they had just more options. They were just on fire. Like, things just went for them. And something happened with Milwaukee that, I I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's the same thing that happened with Phoenix, where they just kind of, like, thought they can flip the switch, and they just couldn't flip the switch. You know, know, they they thought they were the defending champions. They could just do whatever, come back and, and get into that series. But, no, this Boston team is something else. I can't take away anything away from Boston. Like, they look like what I want the Chicago Bulls to look. You look at Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. That's what I want the and Zach to be. They have they, – who would have guessed that just putting Marcus Smart at point guard was your answer? That was your, the playmaker you were looking for instead of just having him be just like a Tony Allen type guy. Just it, It's just, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Uh, like Kyle was mentioning, I think they're about to run – they just run into a, another team that does what they do just slightly a bit better. But if if Milwaukee Boston is anything to see, like Miami Boston is going to be a fantastic series, um, and just just like uh, Kyle was talking about, like a little Canada love, a little Chicago love, you know, like shout out to Jimmy Butler, you know, like us as Bulls fans are going to be rooting for Jimmy Butler, I guess, in the series, just uh, <laughs> just because we got nothing to root for at the moment, so like like there's no bad blood with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy did a lot of great stuff for us here. Um, but yeah, man, going back to that Milwaukee Boston series, it's it was just a great series. I it was shocking. That that's all I can say. It's shocking because I I was not expecting Boston to do what they did to Milwaukee. And it was just the matchups. They had some size. Al Horford, uh Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, so many guys that can bother Giannis and just stop everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's crazy. It's what it's it's what I wish the Bulls could have done. It's it's kind of what the Raptors did when they won their series against the Bucks. Yes. Just have enough big dudes around who can slow Giannis down. You obviously have your one lockdown guy in that series when you, it was Kawhi, but like just have enough guys on him and enough matchups on him that you can try to slow him down a little bit. It's hard because he's very good, but. Yeah, credit to Boston. I think what they also were able to do is not only were they able to like try to like limit Giannis as much as they could, 
but they made a conscious effort. I'm like, okay, Giannis, you're going to get what you get. You're going to get your points. You're a beast. You're a freaking nature. You're the Greek freak for a reason, right? But the others aren't going to kill us. Drew Holiday's not going to kill us. Grayson Allen's not going to kill us. Bobby Portis. And they, I feel like that was the difference. That, yes, John, Giannis got his stuff, and they made it as difficult as they could for him. But the others weren't able to step up. And, again, that goes to the whole Chris Middleton factor is what if he was available? Would that series have turned slightly different? Because if they go to seven games without Chris Middleton, who's to say maybe we have Milwaukee, Miami right now instead if if Chris Middleton's there? Because he is their closer. Like, people forget that Giannis is the star, but Chris Middleton is normally their go-to scorer in the fourth quarter. So he was a big uh, – that was a big blow for them, at least offensively. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving back to the West, Golden State and Memphis, a series that I think was my favorite series of the playoffs so far. Uh, the human highlight reel that is John Morant, and, of course, you mean Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, like the, the, the trio in, in Golden State that – just lights it up every game. So, like, talk to me about this series. I'm going to stay with you for a sec, Vince. Uh, Golden State, Memphis. Man, that that was the other series because it just went toe to toe. And I feel we, we, I think we talked about this like when we we're previewing the first round and the playoffs right. in general. I was like, that was the matchup I was most looking forward to in the entire playoffs was Memphis versus Golden State, and it did not disappoint. The only thing is that. I really wish Shaw didn't get hurt and was out the last two games of that series because that could have went another seven games. We could have had another seven-game series. And I'm pretty sure that one wouldn't have gone the way that the Sunday seven-game series went, you know? I don't think Memphis rolls over. And uh, I'm just very impressed with, with what I saw, not only from John Morant, but the others on on the Memphis Grizzlies roster. Guys like Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, I'm drawing a blank on some other some other guys on the roster, but everyone that showed up to that Memphis team just there's so much there and like off screen once again these conversations that I had with Kyle is uh they're in an interesting spot where they're either gonna get a ceiling of a Utah Jazz or they can hit a peak of a Golden State where they can win the championship. It's just they have to make one more move here. What the biggest takeaway that I had was these guys are right there. They're just one move away from being the legit championship team. And that's crazy to even imagine because Josh still has one more year on his rookie contract. Everyone's young as all hell on this roster, and it only looks up from here. There's no, like, big major injury concerns. And the one concern you do have with a team that has like a player that misses games like John missed a few this year. He missed a few last year, I believe as well is like your team just falls apart when the star player is not on the court. And that was not Memphis this year. They kept the ship up float when John Morant was out, not only in the regular season, but in that one, they were able to steal a game from golden state without John in the decisive fashion too. So that's the biggest thing for me is that, Golden State is not the Golden State of old. Is that the is the one takeaway I had? Because they look vulnerable, they look beatable. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas gets it gets them. Like and they're end up in the NBA Finals. We could end up seeing another uh, Dallas Mavericks Miami Heat NBA Finals and just get completely surprised. 
That's that that's what I saw. Is that Golden State is beatable and the Memphis it's right there. And we should be looking if you're in the Western Conference, you should be looking over your shoulder for the Memphis Grizzlies because they'll be right there behind you. Kyle, give me your give me your opinion on this series. Um Kyle Anderson is twenty eight. Steven Adams is twenty eight. And shout out to Canada, my man Dylan Brooks is twenty six. <laughs> Everyone else on that Memphis Grizzlies roster is twenty three is twenty five and under. Jesus. Like perfect time so, to move them back to Vancouver. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Jaw is better than every Vancouver Grizzly that ever played for that team combined. Um, in his three games in the playoffs. In that series, he put up 38.3 points, 6.7 rebounds, 8.3 assists, and 3 steals. Um, and uh, only 7 turnovers in that series. He was unbelievable in these playoffs. And it was a shame. Once he got hurt, the series started to look like a foregone conclusion. Credit to the team for battling and picking up that victory when they did. When we're talking about Golden State going forward, yes, obviously, Steph, Clay, Draymond, those are the guys who have been there. Those are the guys who are going to, you know, bring that championship pedigree and that experience when it comes to it. My big thing is for Jordan Poole, for Andrew Wiggins, for Jonathan Kaminga, the younger guys on the team, it's weird to consider Andrew Wiggins as one of the younger guys, but still, <laughs> uh, he's been in the league forever, and, and he really, but he really has come into his own in in Golden State in a way that his previous iterations, man, the Timberwolves just get the worst out of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think the big question is, can those guys help out? alleviate it so that you don't need, like, Draymond Green is averaging, for that series, he averaged 28 minutes a game. I think that number might go up as the playoffs continue to go on. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask, how much more can we put on Draymond Green's legs? Um, Can those other guys step up, and especially on the offensive side of the ball, contribute in a way that they're able to ease the pressure off of uh, the top guys who can deliver in spurts, but to ask them to do it over in like a couple more seven game series, if they happen to go that direction, which boy is Dallas not going to roll over in this series. Um, mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about, yeah, you get through Dallas and congratulations, you get to play the winner of the Celtics and heat and all the hell that those teams are going to bring. Like, yeah, I, they, the talent is there again. I've, I said it again. But for that team, the big thing for me is just can those can those other guys contribute and fill and pick up the slack where uh, so you don't need to rely on Clay and Steph and Draymond to do everything. Well, you, we did we have mentioned that Miami is definitely going to the conference finals, but they they had they had an opponent they had to take down. And Vince, earlier you mentioned having some some bitter feelings towards uh, Milwaukee. Uh, Kyle and I. <laughs> may have had a bit of bitter feelings towards Philadelphia going into this series. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, it may have played out in our favor. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. Miami and Philadelphia. Um, I give full credit to Philadelphia for rallying in a series where Joel Embiid was, had to come back and was not himself. But 
for a team that is their championship window is real, real narrow. Tyrese Maxey coming out of this series, the leading scorer, is terrifying. Not because Tyrese Maxey is not very good. He is a very talented young player, and he he killed the Raptors in a couple of those games. But James Harden, Tobias Harris are on this team, and Tobias Harris is starting. It's starting to look like that one. Uh, that one season he had was maybe a bit of a flash in the pan, and we paid him a lot of money to be something that he isn't. And speaking of paid him a lot of money to be something he isn't, Oof. James Harden looks washed. Not, I don't, like, he had 29 turnovers in this series. That's, even for a guy as ball dominant as James Harden, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. And not to mention, you know, shooting numbers that were uh, 40% from the floor, which is just not enough from him. And in what on what period of time would you expect to get 40 minutes of James Harden a night for 18.2 points a game? Yeah, like, do you think this is, you know, what's to come for him? Or, or do you think that there's a way for him to come back next season and, mm-hmm. and really, you know, command uh, at least a, a number two position on this team? Number two, this, like this team is built with the idea that James Harden can be a number two guy. Otherwise, asking them to win a championship is putting way too much on Joel Embiid's back. Uh, especially, you know, because and the, the injuries are are a concern. He's a big guy. Uh, you know, the body wears down quickly. He's twenty seven, um, which is not old, but like again, for a guy his size. You only get so many years in the league before it starts to it starts to wear on you, and like here uh, here's what I'll say. Could you imagine having to go out against a team with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, and my man PJ Tucker, just like. The amount of elbows in your chest <laughs> that you're going to get. Like, playing the Miami Heat, every game is going to feel like two games. And that's that's just the big thing with them is can you hang with a team like that? And I think Philly showed especially – and, you know, it's hard to say because if, if Joel Embiid's healthy for the series, maybe we're talking about a different series – but now we're talking about running it back for next year. I don't know if James Harden, if he's going to recover to be the guy that he once, or that he, not the guy that he once was, but the guy that they need him to be. I hope so, because if not, this is, you know, it's looking real bad. Guys, we made it through, or sorry, um, Vince, yes. Miami and Philly. Oh, uh, okay. Um what I'm going to say about this series is that uh, I think regardless of, like, Embiid's health, like, first off, he, like, pushed through, like, so props to the guy. He shouldn't have, like, went through that series, but, you know, he has, like, that old school mentality where you're just going to play through injury just like the guys did back in the day. So props to Embiid. But my biggest takeaways from this uh, Philly team is that unless Harden, like, the hamstring injury that he sustained two years ago is seriously still bothering him and then B comes back healthy, like 
James Harden doesn't have to be the James Harden of old no. for this team to be successful. He just needs to be a productive number two guy, just like Kyle was saying. He needs to be able to, like, get you 20 to 30 points and facilitate that offense, but also be able to take a back seat. However, I have my doubts. I'm not one to ever say that a player is washed. Look what happened with Chris Paul. Supposedly he was washed back in Houston. He got traded to OKC. He elevated that team to the playoffs when they were supposed to be tanking. And yep. he t- and he helped get the Phoenix Suns to the NBA Finals last year. Yes, he folded this year, but he wasn't 100% this year as well. So Chris Paul has some bad luck also, too, in the playoffs. So that's that's a Chris Paul thing. And then look at the Martin DeRozan. People were saying that he he was done, like he was he was not the same player. He came into the to the Chicago Bulls this season at the age of 37 and had the best career of his entire like like had the best season of his entire career, I should say. So I will not sit here and say that James Harden is completely done. He's washed because I want to I want to give him a training camp, give him a start of the season. At, ask me at, at the trade deadline next season, yeah, uh, next right. year. And uh, at that point, I feel like I'll have a better, fair assessment as to what this Philadelphia team is. But if Tyrese Maxey is going to be your second-best player, you have big issues. Uh, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Tobias Harris. Obviously, you paid the guy a lot of money. I think he's still a really good player, but uh, he the way he was being used in L.A. with the Clippers was completely different than what he was asked to be in Philadelphia. Spot-up guy basically be like a stretch four and he was kind of like a uh, like a ball handler kind of like the Jason Tatum with the Clippers and that's where he thrived that's why he had the season that he had I think I don't know maybe, maybe I'm just like uh, I'm just a little bullish on uh on, on Tobias Harris but I, I feel like there's something still there with Tobias Harris but I think the biggest issue here is like a lot of I, I don't know why he gets he gets so so many chances but Doc Rivers is the guy that they should be looking to get rid of right now. Like, that man should not coach any championship-aspiring team ever for the rest of his life. He should just go ahead and retire because he rides the coattails off that 08 team, off that 08 championship team, and somehow is, like, one of the 25 best coaches of of, in the NBA history, according to the NBA. Uh I might sound petty. I don't know why I dislike Doc Rivers so much. I don't hate him as a person. I just personally don't think that he's as he's a really good coach. He got outcoached in this series. I honestly feel like he should have lost. Their team should have lost to Toronto. I feel like Toronto would have put up a better fight against the Miami Heat than the Philadelphia 76ers uh, did. Uh, I think that's fair. I, I will say that, like, for Doc Rivers, I, I also I agree with you, but we're talking about a team that held on to Brent Brown for as long as they did. Yes, yes. So, uh, but no, I, man, Doc Rivers, like, I, I think that's the first move you got to do is you got to get rid of Doc Rivers. Uh, they, I think they had Mike D'Antoni on, uh, on, like, I, I think I like on his assistant, uh, I guess his assistant on the bench for Philadelphia. Mm. You know, he has history with James Harden. Uh, I've seen crazier things. If you had told me that Jason Kidd would have left, led uh, Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic team to the Western Conference Finals, I would have laughed at your face if you told me that a year ago. <laughs> so I've seen crazier things happen. Uh, I'm not sure if Mike D'Antoni will be or should be the answer, but I know it's not Doc Rivers. They I have to figure really out what they're going to do. interesting with Tyrese Maxey, too. 
I'd love to see those two working together. I, think Wait, who? Uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni would be interesting with Tyrese Maxey, too. Yeah, I could see that. I, I can definitely see that. But Tyrese Maxey shouldn't even be a third option on the championship team. He should be like that like that fourth guy that mm. helps to add. Like a, like a Bruce Bowen was for the for the uh, San Antonio Spurs back in the mm-hmm. day. You know, he wasn't part of the big three. It was Manu, Tony, and and Timmy. But Bruce uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Bowen was right there to help them out. Or like a Robert Ory. That's exactly who Tyrese Maxey should be. It's like a Robert Ory type guy that helps to add to your team, but should will never be like a top three guy. If because he, if he's one of your top three guys, you have issues right there. I, I I'm completely like unsure as to what happens to the Philadelphia 76ers team, but I will tell you right now, I'm telling you right now, that James Harden trade was a mistake. They should have made that Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum trade, and I bet you a million mm. bucks, they'd be right, they'd be knee-deep in that seven-round series against Miami. They might have put up a better fight with CJ McCollum instead of James Harden, but you know, hindsight being 2020, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah I think you're right, too. Well, that's that was some heavy shit for that one. Guys, <laughs> getting into the conference finals. Uh, we'll start in the East, Miami and Boston. Uh, Vince, let's talk about it, man. Oof, you, you got me. You got me heated. You got me going. Uh, man, okay. So I, I watched that first quarter, and I missed the second and third quarter, and then I jumped into the fourth quarter. I started this, this, this game watching. I'm like, man, Boston might have this. Like Jason Tatum's looking good. Grant Williams out here looking like he's Clay Thompson at circuit 2015. Uh, he's just making shots left and right. Uh, and this was without a Marcus Smart and then Al Horford, two of their better uh, veteran starters on that team. They, they were looking like, man, Miami can't score. Miami's going to have a hard time scoring. It's going to be the, the same old song and dance of previous seasons where it's literally Jimmy Butler and no one else is stepping up. He doesn't have enough help. But honestly, I can't tell you exactly what happened in the in between. All I know is that apparently that qu- third quarter went completely sideways for the Boston Celtics and Jimmy Butler went off for like 40, uh, 40 plus. So shout out to Jimmy Butler, man. That dude may coast through the regular season. He may take some times off, but as soon as the playoffs start, man, He's on another level. He clicks and he just, he gets to that top five level type of player in the playoffs for some fucking reason. And just one of those things that just makes me wonder, what if we had kept them? What, what would this Bulls team look like if it still had Jimmy Butler? You know? But that was my big takeaway. It's like, this is going to be a good series. It, it like, it, I'm hoping that Marcus Smart and Al Horford can come back in, uh, in game two, but, Miami's looking pretty unstoppable right now. I think for me, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but right now they're looking like a good heavy favorite to go into the NBA finals once again. And the key there is Jimmy Butler and they're just hard nosed defense that, and I think it gets overlooked a lot, but what we're not talking about in this specific playoff series is the coaching advantage in Miami's hand. Eric Spolstra is an evil genius when it comes to coaching, and he will dissect any rookie or inexperienced coach or just like lesser coach. He like if this was if this was Fred Hoiberg versus Spolstra, or like Spolstra versus I don't know like Luke Walton or whoever. Like just 
put any coach that isn't Greg Popovich, he's going to have coached him. He's going to figure something out. Like he's, in my opinion, the best coach in the NBA currently. And he's one of the best coaches of all time. And I, I may Udoka, first time, uh, first time head coach has done a fantastic job turning this team around. They look completely different from where this started. That if you asked the Boston Celtics fan five months ago, I'm like, Hey, your team's going to be in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals and be contending to make it to the NBA Finals and win the championship, they would not believe you because they looked like a shell of the former selves. They got rid of Dennis Schroeder, and then all of a sudden they're clicking on defense, and they're looking like the like the bosses like the Boston Celtics of old of 08, where they just like moving the ball and they're getting contributions from other guys. And Jason Tatum's out here looking like he is uh, possessed by the ghost of Paul Pierce, and it's just clutch at all times. So um, I, I'm looking forward to this series. This this series is going to be fantastic. Uh, Miami looks unbeatable at home, so that's going to be a tough game. They have home court court advantage. So this, if this goes to seven, uh, Celtics are in trouble. But I think they're in trouble in general because Bolstro is like that one X factor. I think for this entire series. Kyle, Eric Spolstra, uh picked up his ninth. Uh, win in this year's playoffs. See, so, yeah, obviously won the first two series. That puts him at 94 total. So, uh, there's a chance that Eric Spolster is going to get to 100, um, by the end of the playoffs. Yeah. Which, which is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, you completely, I was going to sit here and praise Eric Spolster because he is, suppose, suppose a monster, but like, yeah, full credit to him. Jimmy Butler in Miami just works. Uh, you talked about what, what motivates Jimmy Butler. Uh, let me tell you, uh, Jimmy Butler was the 30th overall pick in the 2011 draft. You know what that means? 29 teams disrespected Jimmy Butler. Not um, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, like, Jimmy Butler is oh he just he 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 fits this team's ethos so well mm-hmm. and he's the scoring option that they really need. I will say this because of the the celtics we talked about i we talked about uh, you talked about the uh missing players of the Celtics, and I do think those guys matter al Horford in particular um mm-hmm. if you want to win the battle on the glass, you would really love to have al Horford back. Um, Jimmy Butler, in addition to his 41 points tonight, had nine rebounds. And, like, Jimmy Butler's uh, a very, very good rebounder, but, like, I don't know that that should happen, um, that they, they should allow that to happen. I'll say this. Um, I think as, as important as uh, the Celtics not having uh, a couple of their guys healthy for this one, uh, Kyle Lowry if he doesn't come back for the Miami Heat, I do think they lose something. I they, he, they do. They definitely do. And I think the biggest thing that Kyle Lowry can be, first of all, he's that ex, he has the playoff experience, obviously. But the second thing is, if you need a guy to take over a game and score some points on that roster, um. After Jimmy Butler, I think it's Kyle Lowry is the guy you got to ask to do it. Oladipo, I don't know if he's going to be able to to get the legs under him. And Tyler Hero is very very good, um, and has shown like he had 18 points tonight, which is good. But you know, 
We're still asking a lot of Jimmy Butler in this series. It's going to be a very good series between two teams that are going to absolutely grind. Um, I imagine they'll be chippy by the end of it, which which is always entertaining in the playoffs. Um, we didn't really we didn't really talk about how how truly chippy that Phoenix Dallas series was <laughs> by the end. Oh yes, hated each other by the end of that that series. Um, and that's that's playoff basketball that I do enjoy. But I think that this series has that potential. It, even knowing how well the Heat played tonight, and even knowing some of the, the weaknesses that uh, the Celtics are experiencing, this series still has a feel to me like we might be going seven. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll, I'll, time will tell if if the Celtics are able to rebound from this. Obviously, they got to start uh, right away. You do not want to get yourself into a hole against this Miami team. You don't want to get Jimmy Butler smelling blood because that that's where you get into trouble. But but man, yeah, this is uh, this Heat team. They look real, real good. I, I have a hard. T- I think I'm sort of with uh, with Vince. Is I have a hard time picking against them right now because well, they have they have looked great in these playoffs. They really have. Uh, hey, I, I know this is Ryan's show, but just to touch on to touch on like you were mentioning the Phoenix and and Dallas series and how it got chippy. I'm kind of glad that that Dallas got that 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 victory over them because they were very disrespectful towards the Pelicans and to the Dallas Mavericks when they were up. Like they were a little smug. Devin Booker and Chris mm-hmm. Paul were a little smug, especially in pre- press conferences. I think uh, CP3 at one called the at one point called Jose Alvarado, uh, Jose Alvarajo, and like like trying to call him a hoe, like on like trying to be slick about it. Uh, because he was pestering him the whole time. And then Devin Booker, just, just like tr- that one possession. I think you guys know what, which one I'm talking about where Luca has the ball and he's like taking it forcefully from Luca's like, like hand so they can like inbound it. And Luca's just looking at him dumbfounded. Like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Like, they really like were carrying themselves. Like, they were like a dynasty team. Like, they were like the mm. 90 Bulls or like the magic, the, like the magic Lakers. Like, they really thought they were hot shit, and then they got humbled real quick by Luka Doncic. So that, that I just wanted because I, I forgot to add that, but I, I just like I want CP3 to win, to win the ring, but that was nice to see. It was it was very like satisfying to see Luka humble the the Phoenix Suns. Well, that's the perfect transition because we're gonna move over to the West and talk about that. Um, I am a big Dallas Mavericks fan. I am a big Luka Luka fan. Um, I, I'm excited for him because like, I feel like this series really, like we've talked about it, the, the Golden State Warriors are incredible, but they look like they can be problematic and they can be beatable. And when Luca turns it on, this guy can go to the moon and back. Like, so Kyle, I'll start with you. Let's talk about this series here. Luke is the best player between these two teams at this point in time. Um, I, I don't know that there's much argument um, for I that. Think he's, I, I think he's the best player in the NBA under 25 right now. Um, you, might, you might be right. Like, yes. That's tough. It's tough because, like, man, Jason Tatum's really, really good. But, um, but yeah, I, and John Morant, I think, is in that same, the same category. But I, do, I would probably give the, the, the edge to Luke as well. Like, 
Actually, how old is Nikola Jokic, too? That's not the point. The point is, <laughs> um, man, the NBA's fun. There's a lot of good players. Basketball's <laughs> great. Uh, for anybody who's not watching, basketball's really fun. Um, Luka is the best player between these two teams. But looking at the construction of these two teams, he kind of has to be. Because this is a it's a battle where Luke is the best player on the floor. Then it's Golden State, Golden State. How many times does Golden State have the next best player? And when it comes to the series, I think that's going to be important, is can the supporting cast of... Dallas can can your Jalen Brunson's can your Spencer Dinwiddie's can your you know even even Dwight Powell because he's going to play a role in this because yeah you are going to need some size in this series too can these guys um hang in a series against a team with a combination of very good championship pedigree and some solid young players too. Oh, and by the way, Jason Kidd, um, congratulations on beating Phoenix. Uh, that's that's really impressive. Now uh, go out, Coach Steve Kerr. <laughs> like, now, would it shock me if Dallas won the series? No, I think we're in the same situation with Phoenix. I would have said the same thing about Phoenix, is Luke is the best player on the floor, but the next best guy is several of them belong to Phoenix, and they were talking about – and we're asking a lot of him. I think they, Dallas is proving you can ask a lot of him. He's a very, very good player, mm-hmm. and he's delivering in these playoffs in a huge, huge way. The I just think now we're talking about a team in Golden State that's been there before. They're go, they're not going to have the they're not going to have the jitters. They're not. Uh, this isn't new territory for for a lot of these guys, and that helps even the younger guys when you've got the rest of your team in not feeling any of the pressure, um, you kind of calm as well. I think can Dallas win this series? Absolutely they can. Will Dallas win this series? Uh, you're asking a lot of, you're asking a lot of Luca to be able to carry it over this team. Over this Golden State. I really like Golden State, but man, I'm pulling for Dallas. I'm really, I feel like <laughs> it, it's like they're my Rey Mysterio in the WWE. Oh, an underdog right now. Oh, yes. That's a nice comparison. I like that one. Vince, uh, why don't you talk to me about that theory? I mean, aside from the fact that Luca has a foot on Rey Mysterio. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, a whole solid foot on him. I, I think I'm taller than Rey Mysterio, and I'm a good <laughs> solid 5'7. Um, no, so uh, I think the. My thing for this uh, takeaway, like uh, from this whole series, uh, like I, I like what Kyle was saying about will the others, will the what supporting cast of Luca be be there and step up to help him out so he doesn't have to carry everything on his shoulder? Yes, he can do a lot. You can probably ask him to g- give you the moon and back, and he'll give you that entire moon as much as he can. But there's only so many times throughout the playoffs that he's going to be able to do that. Like you said. This is uh this is a team in Golden State that's been there, done that before. People forget this was a great team before Durant showed up there. They won the championship beforehand. They broke the Bulls' 72 uh, most wins play uh, regular season record. The year following that, yes, they lost in the playoffs to to the 
to the Cavaliers in 2016. But they but, made the finals. But they, they made the finals. Game seven. And they, they they had the series lead at three one. They almost they basically had that whole wrapped up. But LeBron's LeBron, and the cap and Kyrie showed up. So my whole thing is on the Golden State State side of things. Yes, you've been there before, but this is they look a little bit more vulnerable, like I've mentioned already. They look beatable. Steve Curry is still a fantastic coach. My biggest question on the Golden State end is what will Draymond give you offensively? Because if he cannot give you anything offensively, they're in trouble because now you can leave a Dwight Powell on there and he doesn't have to guard a Draymond Green and he can go and help uh, get some help defense and protect the rim as much as he can. That's the big thing here is I think Draymond Green is going to be the guy that determines whether or not this Golden State team makes it back into the NBA Finals and potentially even wins the championship because that's not an issue just in this playoff series. That's been an issue with the entire playoff run that they've faced up until this point. They've been able to combat that, but Draymond needs to be able to consistently either hit an open shot or drive to the basket and create a play for others. Because if he's just going to be a dude standing in the corner and no one's going to be guarding him, you're basically playing four on five at that point. And that's the big thing that I'm looking forward to in this series. Um, for me, Dallas right now, they're playing with house money. No one was expecting them to get out of the first round. No one was expecting them to make it to the second round. No one's expecting them to like beat the Golden State Warriors. They're giving them a chance because what they've done so far but even if they get it to the NBA Finals, and even if they get swept in the Finals, I think that's a, a a big win of a season because that just shows you the level of talent and star player that Luka Doncic is and what he can do for your franchise and how this upcoming offseason, you need to figure out something to add another guy and build on this team and do not waste this man's prime because you're looking at potentially the next phase of the NBA. You, you're looking at the next Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Giannis, Kevin Durant, um, uh, Steph Curry. He's on that level. He's that fantastic. But I think for me, if I'm Dallas, just this is house money for me. And, and like you're, there's no pressure for you to win this. Everybody's expecting Golden State. So yeah, some people do see you as with the possibility to actually get to the finals, but go, go in there and play with house money. Play play loose, play your style of basketball. Try to like force Golden State to play your style of basketball. Take advantage of the of the opportunities and mismatches that you are able to create, and just get take what they give you and exploit what you can. Primarily Draymond, because yes, go uh, yes Memphis go uh, uh, Memphis Dallas goes small as well. But Dwight Powell being able to stay on the floor is going to be key to protect the rim. And, and and just like bother drives to the lane from Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jordan Poole, and Steph Curry, Clay, and the works. I think that's what we need to be focusing on is what can Draymond bring you in this series offensively. If, I, if I'm looking, if if you want to give Dallas a little glimmer of hope during that Memphis series, Steph Curry shot 41.3 percent from the floor and 32.9 from three. Clay Thompson shot 40.6% from the floor and 36.4% from three. That's not, we're not talking about the kind of numbers that you would see them put up back in the day. Those shooting percentages are very mediocre. Uh, and again, don't get me wrong. 
Memphis is a monster defensively, and that had a lot to do with it. But if you're Dallas, you're going to need to bother – if you want to win the series, you need to bother Golden State in that same way and also find a way to um, to get scoring from somebody who isn't Luka. Um, Luka can do a lot. As you said, he's going to be able to steal multiple games in this series. I don't think the series is going to be a quick one. But he could he could steal multiple games on his own. Four is a lot to ask. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna end the end the show by doing a little game here. Kyle, you're the East, and Vince, you're the West. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick a team who's gonna come out and go to the finals. Each of you, uh, you, you can go with how many games it's gonna take as well, and then I'm gonna choose who's gonna win the NBA finals this year. Oh, cool, fun. <laughs> um, Eastern Conference. I will stick with what I was talking about before. I think it's going to be Miami in seven. I think this is going to be an absolute war. I hope that the Hurt players do come back to make this a little bit more interesting. But we're talking about two teams that are are very much, you know, grinding teams, very much able to contribute in big ways defensively. And then you have the talent of Jimmy Butler, of um, Jason Tatum, of Jalen Brown. Like, that's a series to watch, and I have a feeling it's going to be it's going to be a battle. Um, and two very very good coaches, one who's just starting out his coaching career, and one who, uh, yeah, as Vince said, might go down as one of the all time greats. And if he's not talked about in that way already, is a true disrespect to how great a coach he has been. Uh, in Eric Spolstra, give me the Heat and seven. Heat and seven, Vince. All right. Uh, see, just to like derail the the whole bracket and continue with the whole mayhem and anarchy that's been these NBA playoffs, I want to say Dallas in six or Dallas in seven, but I'm gonna be a little bit more level headed, a little bit more on the safe side, and say Golden State wins this in six. Golden State in six. Okay, so that would give us Golden State and Miami in the finals. If that is the case, I see Golden State winning the championship this year. Um, no no d- disrespect to Jimmy Buckets, um, but if Golden State makes the finals, I think they're I think they're going to do it. And I think they're going to do it in less than in all, in in less than 7, so I'll go 6. That's a safe bet. Guys, and it's sorry. great to see I'll end it on this. When we started this season, we were talking about the Lakers. We were talking about Brooklyn. We were talking, I mean, to a degree about Philly. Some of the other, like some of these, these other big teams, obviously, uh, Denver, I think, was getting talked about just because they had the reigning MVP. And he won again, and they still got knocked out in the first round. To see Golden State, Dallas, Miami, and Boston as the last four remaining is exciting. There's a lot of stuff going on in the league. Both new and uh, veteran players uh, emerging and re-emerging as the stars that uh, we really believe they could be. Like this is an exciting. It's been an exciting playoffs. Definitely, Kyle. Uh, honestly, to to add on to what you were saying, I don't know, man. If if you were to ask me uh, when at the start of the season who would be your final four, I think Golden State's the only team in there that I'd say is in there. I would have said Lakers, Golden State, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee are the four, final yeah. four. 
but it's a pleasant surprise to see what we're getting. This feels like someone simulated NBA 2K22, <laughs> and they just simulated to the to the Final Four, and all of a sudden we got Dallas versus Golden State and Miami versus Boston. Like that's what this feels like. If someone simulated NBA 2K22, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, it hopefully it plays right as, <laughs> hopefully it plays just as smooth. Um. Guys, I want to thank you for coming on this morning and talking basketball. This is uh, this was a great show as always uh when I when I get you guys on the show. Uh Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to Wednesday Night Wallop and all of our uh you know affiliate shows uh where to find us on social media and yourself. Um all right. Uh, they can find us at WM Wallop on Twitter, WM Wallop on Instagram, search Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. Uh Black and yellow, Rylan, my names. That's us. Go talk to us. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at LeregendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Vince, why don't you uh, tell the fine folks where they can find you all okay. over social media and, uh, you know, about your shows? Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, obviously, I am the uh, I'm the host of the Straight Talk podcast where we just talk sports uh anime just media wrestling just like whatever like honestly it's just like a shit show it's a clusterfuck whatever you want to like talk about we're probably going to talk about it so it's just like a variety show that i just like i host sporadically from time to time just so i'm not talking wrestling all the time but if you want to see me on a weekly basis you can find me at on the smacking the raw podcast i'm the co-host along with the warden matt ritter we are the number one wrestling podcast on pornhub so you know after you're done with your, your pornhub searches and you want some wrestling insight go ahead and check us out look up create your world um follow me on on instagram and twitter at SES Vince. you can find the show at smacking the raw pod on instagram and on twitter matt runs the twitter i run the instagram or just search up, uh, search up creationworld.com. It'll take you to all the links that we also have. Like, if you like, uh, more, um, DC comic stuff, they have like Flashy Arrow tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Arrowverse over there as well. So we have a variety of stuff there. It's not just wrestling. Uh, so I have a good, uh, I have a bunch of side little projects. So it's, 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 there's, there's a lot of Vince content to go around if you're looking for that kind of stuff. Well, I think everyone would be, especially after these uh, these episodes. They're great. Thank you so much uh, again for coming on. And if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report, just like the show title. Kyle, again, thank you. Vince, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, have a good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.